0: Welcome back everyone. So glad you're here. Welcome home. If you don't know me, my name is David. So glad you're here today. Excited to share from the scriptures. I'd like to open this message with the text that we've been going back to all throughout this series. New year, new you. And it's found in Matthew chapter 11, the words of Jesus. It says this. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Isn't that beautiful? Check this out one more time. Come to me. Get away with me. This is Jesus This is God, the maker of heaven and earth, the creator of all things and the sustainer of all the systems that hold this world together, saying, just come to me and you'll recover your life. I will show you how to find real rest. And this is God's heart for the world, God's heart for us, that we wouldn't live tired, worn out, burned out lives following our own way, but instead we would adopt his way His better way to find the way of life that we were always meant to live. God cares about your everyday life. Just let that sink in for a second as I fix the microphone from hitting my beard, okay? God cares about your everyday life. He cares about you and wants to show you the way to peace and rest, to the good life. Let that sink in for just a moment. God knows everything about you, and he still loves you. God knows everything about you, and he still believes in you and wants to show you the best life can get. The way to peace and rest. And it's this way to peace and rest that we've been taking a closer look at as we start a new year. 2022, new year, new you. Why are we focusing on rest? Because I would say of how often we find ourselves tired and worn out and burned out and stressed. Stressed from goodness, right? Wave after wave of this stupid virus, right? (laughs) stress that this virus has now led to a 7% inflation rate, the highest we've seen since 1982. Anyone feeling that when you go to the grocery store? Who knew that buying cheez would be so stressful? <laughs> and that's on top of just the normal everyday garbage, right? Like relationship dynamics that get challenging, taking kids to the school when there's unexpected construction on Latuna Canyon. Anyone experienced that this past week? I see that hand health issues, car trouble, not to mention all the elective stress we bring into our lives without even thinking about it. Y'all, life is hard. I I read this past week that that there's a support group for parents right now in New York City because of all the disruption they had to the school systems. There's a support group that formed where all they do is they get together, they stand in the circle, and they scream. (laughs) Sounds, Sounds all right sometimes, right? Real life is hard, but it's also beautiful. Real life is stressful, but it's also beautiful. But without a doubt, it has been a challenge, and it's left us, and it can leave us feeling just worn out. But God wants more for us than stress. And this is what we heard from Jesus in the opening scripture, and I'm just going to say it one more time to let it sink in. Jesus says, if you are stressed, come to me. If you are feeling tired and worn out and burdened, come with me, get away with me and recover your life. Jesus says, I'll show you how to take a real rest. I'll, try, I'll show you how to find real life. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy on you. Keep company with me and you will learn to live light. You will live to learn free learn to live free and again it's this invitation to trade stress for rest for his unforced rhythms of grace that we have been looking at for the past few weeks and if you've missed any of them i just want to encourage you go catch up on the podcast on the website through the youtube channel whatever like make a tape share it with a friend i feel that still because pastor um but but especially if you catch up on all of them awesome but if you especially catch up on last week because pastor jeff was anyone here last week Pastor Jeff knocked that out of the park, am I saying? I don't know where he is, but he knocked it out of the park when he talked about rest and finding rest in simplicity. And I don't want to spoil it for you, but the big idea he pointed out was that so much of the stress we feel, we bring on ourselves in the pursuit of more and more things, more and more stuff. And the stress from more stuff comes from this like crazy amount of choices we have once we have the stuff. The stress comes from spending on stuff. The stress comes from debt from spending on stuff. The stress comes from endless pursuit of more that always leads to the next thing of stuff. Stress comes from busyness of acquiring more things instead of just settling in. Stress comes from having to make more money to spend more money on more stuff. The stress comes from knowing where all your stuff is. Right? Think about your garage right now. Do you know what's in there? Stress comes from knowing where your stuff is, knowing where to put it, knowing where to store it, and how to keep it. And, And also the stress comes from all the stuff that we store keeping us tied. Keeping us tied down to a past where you should be living free. Like Jesus says, free and light in the present. Stress Stuff can be stressful and we know it. It reminds me of when Rebecca and I, my wife and I, we uh, moved in 2012, I think. Um, We had just gotten married and we were moving from Minneapolis to Wisconsin in our first year of marriage. Good idea, I know. And, And I don't know about you, but you never know how much stuff you have until you have to pack it up. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, we had just gotten married, felt this call to plant a church in Wisconsin, so we made plans, started packing up our house. It was a cute side-by-side duplex. You can take a look at it. Look at this guy. 1994 Toyota Camry, feeling good, right? Look at that cute little house. Anyway, it it wasn't actually that much different than La Crescenta houses, just a different price point. Um, But it was this cute side-by-side, that's good, thank you Gavin, Uh, it was a cute side-by-side duplex in the heart of Northeast Minneapolis, not a big house, but when we started moving out it became abundantly clear that our U-Haul was too small. And, you know, we tried, you know, we got everything out, put it in the garage and we tried kind of tetrising all the stuff together into the U-Haul. You know, we'd pull it back out and like kind of shift it, turn it, pull it back, whatever, just to get everything in that we could. But in the end, we again realized that there was, we just had more than we could bring. We had more stuff than we could bring with. Has anyone ever experienced that? We had too many clothes. We had too many dishes that we didn't use, too many boxes of stuff that we didn't even know we had. We had family stuff, friends stuff, trinkets and treasures. And there we were in the backyard, trying to empty out our garage, stressed out because we had too much. Stuff can be stressful. Now, eventually, my friend who was living on the other side of the duplex, one of my best friends, his name is PJ, I can't wait for you to meet him. He ends up buying the duplex later, but um, he walks up to the garage and he asked the obvious question. question. He says, what are you gonna do with all the stuff you can't bring with? What are you gonna do with all the things that you can't take with you? And I said, man, I, I don't know. And so he offered, hey, he said, just leave it here. You'll be back, you know, you'll be back to visit. Just leave it in the garage and and we'll hold on to it for you. I said, okay, thank you so much. What a great idea. Thank you. So we finish up, we close up the truck and uh, we give our hugs and we make our way with our stuff, but not all our stuff. Because some of our stuff was still in the garage. There was some stuff we couldn't bring with us. It was still ours. We were still tied to it. Held back from being present, moving forward because of it instead of just letting it go, we carried it with us in our minds. We carry it with us in our heart because what if one day I need that old Christmas tree again? You know what I'm saying? What if one day I need that six-drawer toolbox to hold all my tools that I almost never use? What if? Friends, we all live so often in a world of what-ifs, right? Where we hold on to all sorts of things for the possibility of a day that we might need it. We keep it. We store it, and we pay to store it, and then we pay to move it, only to one day leave it with someone else to deal with because we can't bring it with us to eternity. And this, friends, is one of the problems preventing rest in our lives. And as Pastor Jeff said last week, it's not necessarily a sin problem. This isn't like this blatant sin that's, that's holding us back from the Lord, and it, but it's just an elective stress that's distracting. It's an unnecessary distraction that we invite into our lives, and it keeps us living from the peace that God wants from us most. To live free and light, Matthew chapter 11. To live free and light. So what can we do? Well, that's where I want to park for today. Are you excited? Are you excited to hear from the Lord today? All right. Um, Taking a closer look. It's a bit of a sequel from last week's message, and we're going to be taking a closer look at how God wants us to do two things, two key practices today, for how we would see our things and how we will use our things. So two key practices that God is trying to teach us today, how we see our things and how we use our things. And so if you have your Bibles, follow me. Proverbs chapter 11. We're also going to be looking at 1 Timothy 6 and back to Matthew 6. And we're going to start in the Proverbs though, at Proverbs 11. Also, if you're taking notes, I'd like to call this message, what will you do with what you can't take with you? Yeah, Rick, our, uh, Rick was, because was, we have this letter board as you're walking in with like, we put the sermon, sermon titles on, and he was like, I don't know if I'll be able to fit that whole title on there. <laughs> what will you do with what you can't take with you? And I know it's a crazy title for a message, but this question is essential for anyone that wants to embrace a greater life of peace and rest. What will you do with what you can't take with you? Here we go. Proverbs 11, God bringing instruction for how we see and use our things. It says this, the godly can look forward to a reward while the wicked can expect only judgment. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others or those who give will themselves be refreshed. They will find rest. People curse those who hoard their grain, but they bless the one who sells in time of need. If you search for good, you will find favor, but if you search for evil, it will find you. That's tough. Trust in your money and down you go, but the godly flourish like leaves in spring. Here is First Timothy. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God who richly gives all we need, For our enjoyment, tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure in heaven as a good foundation for the future, so that they may experience true life. Proverbs 11, 1 Timothy 6. All right, what did we just learn? Let's walk it through these two practices that God is opening our eyes to today, how to see and how to use our things so we might find rest, starting with C. I believe, like Pastor Jeff taught us last week, that God wants us to see our things for what they are, things. And in the scripture, it says that they are first things uh, in 1 Timothy 6, that they are, first of all, unreliable and I hate to break it to you, but they are unreliable. Your things, your money, your possessions, and all the stuff that you can't fit into the great metaphorical U-Haul into the sky, God wants to you to see that those things cannot be trusted. They can't be counted on to satisfy the deep longings we have for peace and rest and meaning and significance. Why? Because they are just temporary. They are just temporary. This is why God calls us to store up treasures in heaven, to place our trust in Him, because the stuff of earth is fragile. It's fragile. It crumbles, it fades, and it lets us down. It's unreliable, and we all know it firsthand. Y'all, in the past couple months, I have had my washing machine repaired. I have had my dishwasher repaired and it broke a gun yesterday. I've had my furnace repaired in the past couple of weeks and I've had my hot water heater replaced. Unreliable, right? right. And listen, I, I don't care how much you have or what you have, it will eventually let you down. It will eventually let you down because things are unreliable. But here's some good news for you today. That doesn't mean that our things are worthless. Not at all. While ultimately unreliable, God also says in verse 17 that the things we have are a gift. They're a gift, and they are an incredible opportunity for enjoyment in this life. And this might be a surprise for some of you coming to church, but God made things for people to form and acquire and build with. He made those things to enjoy To make life fun. From pizza to movies, fast cars and fancy shoes, music, computers, arts, clothes, whatever it might be. God wants you to enjoy this life. He wants you to enjoy life. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. So again, while these, these things are unreliable in the long run... They aren't made to complete us and to bring us satisfaction. They absolutely can bring us enjoyment along the way. Enjoyment, both individually for you and for others. And this is really good news. This is really good news. If you're taking notes, write it down. God doesn't want you to just be good. He wants you to enjoy the good life God doesn't want you to simply not sin from here to heaven. No, he wants you to live a life of abundance, filled with the fruit of his spirit. God wants you to enjoy life. He wants you to enjoy things, not idolize things, but he wants you to enjoy the good things of life. But this can't happen. It can't happen unless we start to see our stuff like he does. First of all, it's unreliable. It's unreliable. It's unreliable. To satisfy, but it's still an opportunity to enjoy. And that's first. We need to see our things like he does, which brings us up to number two. We are just clipping along. Here we go. How does God want us to use our things? The stuff that we have, once we have things and once we see them clearly that they are unreliable, but an opportunity for good, like what is it that God wants us to do with them? Here's where it gets real. One more time from 1 Timothy. It says, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud, not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Here it is, verse 18. Tell them to use their money to do good. Somebody tell me, how does God want us to use our stuff? To do good, Chris, thank you. God wants us to use our things to do good. This is God's heart for our stuff and the practice we must follow if we're to find rest. We must use what we have, what we have acquired, what we have taken in, what we have earned, what we've been given, we must use it for good. We must be willing and ready to share the good things we have with others, to be rich in good works and generous to those in need. This is 1 Timothy. God wants us to be generous to be generous, to hold all we have with open hands so we can begin to let it go. Let me just say that one more time for good measure. You will not find the rest you long for until you embrace a life and the practice of generosity. Because it's in our letting go that we are finally free of all the ties that hold us back to our former things. And listen, I don't know why God made us this way. I don't know why God built the world to work this way, but it's true. Generosity is a prerequisite for peace. And what's so wild is that this has actually been shown to be true in a number of recent studies. And I'm not talking Bible studies here. I'm talking scientists have come to a new conclusion on these things too. Generosity is a prerequisite to peace. One study came from the University of British Columbia. They they conducted an experiment with a focus group to find out if giving to others could help improve physical health. Isn't that crazy? And what they found is that giving to others in finances and in acts of service, serving one another, being generous with one another, actually improves the quality of life by, by lowering the participants' blood pressure. Isn't that wild? In the same way that hypertension uh, medication and exercise does. Being generous. Generosity lowers your blood pressure. This is amazing. And that's not all. An article from the Chicago Tribune cites how generosity... Check this out. This one's even better. Generosity, which is basically seeing and using our things like God wants us to. That generosity also has been shown to lower the risk of dementia to reduce anxiety and depression and suicidal ideation, to improve chronic pain, and check this out, it can even help you sleep better. Isn't that wild? Using your things like God says, living in the way of Jesus, actually literally brings you rest. It brings you sleep when you live the way God wants you to. And, but that's exactly what we see in Proverbs 11. Check this out. It'll be on the screen one more time. It says, The godly can look forward to a reward, while the wicked can expect only judgment. Give free and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. People curse those who hoard their grain, but they bless the one who sells in time of need. If you search for good, you will find favor, but if you search for evil, it will find you. Trust in your money, and down you go. Trust in your money, and down you go, but the godly flourish like leaves in spring. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And you know what? That tracks with me. I I remember... Back to the U-Haul, I remember when we moved from Minnesota to Wisconsin, I felt so held back by my stuff. I felt like I was tied to a former life just by keeping things in a garage. My mind wasn't present because I was still focused and it stressed me out. And, And so when we moved here, when we moved from Wisconsin to California, we decided to approach things a bit different. In a similar moment, as we were, you know, emptying out the house we were uh, we were emptying out the house into the garage, you know, boxes and boxes of stuff. Um, a friend came and asked the same question, and he said, "So, uh, he said, what are you going to do with all this stuff?" He said, "Aren't houses in California quite a bit smaller?" And I said, "Well, I said, I said, yeah." And the and the answer this time, without any hesitation, was, "Listen, we're we're just going to give it all away." Yay. Come on, Fran. One more yay, give me one more yay. I see you. We're just gonna give it all away. If we can't bring it, we're gonna give it away. And so for the next couple weeks leading up to the move here, we, we called all our friends and we said, what do you want? What do you need? How can we, how can we bless you? Uh, does someone need some dishes? Hey, we got some dishes. We put a post-it note on a box, you know, for Ryan. Anyone need a weight bench? put a post-it note for my friend Tommy. Anyone need a crib or some art or a dining table? We have so much. Just come and get it. We have so much. Come and get it. And, and they were like, oh, um, so what do, you, what do you want for it? And I said, nothing. Just take it. Just take it. Because we knew it was time to leave some things behind. It was time to leave some things behind so we could step into a new season A season not tied back by the past, a season of less clutter, less organizing, less storing and shifting things around to fit in a house half the size. And what came from this decision? Man, so much joy came from giving. So much peace came from letting go. The whole experience, even with all the craziness of relocating, bringing a semi, moving into an Airbnb, all this different stuff when we got here was less stressful because we decided to see all the things we had and all the things we couldn't take with as an opportunity to do good, an opportunity to meet needs, an opportunity to bless those around us, an opportunity to bring refreshment. And in the process, we found refreshment ourselves. And this is the way Jesus is leading us to approach our possessions. And it hasn't always been perfect, right? Like we move here and then we just buy a bunch of stuff we don't need to, right? It fills up the garage and then we take it to Goodwill and then we buy more stuff. And we're we're, we're working on it, okay? It's a work in progress. (laughs) But I'm sick of it. I'm sick of having, and this is just like, again, not a sin issue. It's just a wisdom issue. I'm just sick of having like eight different kinds of containers to store food and you can never find the lid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm sick of like taking mugs out of the cupboard and putting them in a box to sit on a shelf and, and never, and, and then not even knowing what mugs are in there anymore. I'm, I'm sick of... I'm sick of spending so much time acquiring things and then trying to figure out how to store things and looking at a closet full of stuff and being stressed because of my choices. I just know for me, I'm not, I'm not trying to speak this over you. I just know for me that I need to embrace a life of greater simplicity and a life of generosity. Because this is the way that Jesus is leading us to approach our possessions, to see things like he does and to use things like he would that we would understand that our stuff is unreliable to satisfy us. It might give us that instant, that instant reaction, that instant fill of dopamine that gives us that pleasure when we acquire more things, but it will not satisfy us and it is unreliable in the long term. Right. So we need to recognize that our stuff is just temporary and it can be fun, no doubt, and I wanna celebrate that. Praise the Lord for fun things. But it is unreliable. And so we need to approach these things as a blessing. We need to begin to use our things for the good of others, for good work. And not just to satisfy ourselves, but to bless others. And so as we close today, I just want to throw this question past you as we begin this new year. Do a little internal audit of your life. Imagine your cupboards right now. Your storage freezer in the garage that's holding a bunch of stuff that you had. It's like expired in 2016, you know what I'm saying? But you bought it because it was a good deal, okay. So the question for this, for this year is, what will you do with what you can't take with you? How will you see it? How will you use it? What you, will you do with what you can't take with? Because friends, you cannot take it with. Where you're going... Where you're going, you cannot take it with you. I remember, it reminds me of Back to the Future. Where we're going, there are no roads, okay? You can't take it with you, your things. However unreliable, they will likely outlive you and they'll become a burden on someone else. Your stuff, as enjoyable as it might be for you today, will one day let you down. So what will you do with it? Will you hoard it and store it and make someone else deal with it when you're gone? Or will you hold it all with open hands today to bless someone who might need it now? Will you have a good time with it and that's all or will you do good with it? Will you be stingy? Will you be safe? securing your destiny, or will you choose to be generous? Friends, there is only one path to rest when it comes to your stuff. God set it up. Scientists have now confirmed, and that is the way of Jesus. How amazing is that? So let us be a church that chooses to learn from this way, his unforced rhythms of grace chooses to learn this way, I wonder what that looks like for you. If you could just, again, consider your own life. You consider all the things you have acquired, all the things that you have placed your trust in, all the things that you have stored up for another season. I wonder what it would look like for you to step into this unforced rhythm of grace, to be a blessing with what you have. So let us be a church that chooses to learn from His way. Let us be a church that chooses to see our things like He does and use our things like he would. How does this work? I think it starts with just having open eyes to see the needs of others. Not that you don't need. We all need things, but God will give us what we need. So I think for us, with what we have, it's identifying the needs of those around us and walking with open hands to say, hey, I, I got this for you. And, and maybe you don't know anyone that needs. I tell you what, there are people that need. Katie Sealander up in the front row, she last season did this uh, this work down at um, at Skid Row. Yeah? That, okay, you were alone. Yeah, you were. Okay, anyway. There's, there's work to be done in LA. There are people that need here in Los Angeles and in La Crescenta. There are people that need goodwill. Drop your stuff off. People will use it. Don't just throw it away. Don't just store it away for someone else to throw away. It's time to bring new life into the things we have and do good work. And then finally, let us be a church that chooses the path of generosity. Let us be a church that sees our things and uses our things like he would and that we'd step into this new path of generosity together as we walk with open hands with all we've been given because this is the way that we find peace. This is the way that we find rest. I know that it's tempting to think that one more thing will finally satisfy. It's so easy to assume that just getting that one thing will finally be enough, but it's never enough. The only way that you will find the rest and the peace and the satisfaction and the meeting and the purpose, all of the things that you are longing for in this life of peace, we see in Matthew chapter 11 get to Jesus. Do what he does. Live like he does. Begin to see your things like he would and use them like he does. Because it's in this way that we find peace. So what will you do with what you can't take with you? That is the question I want to leave you with today. We're going to be wrapping with that. And so I want to pray for you. Let this question sink in as you, as you walk into your house and open up the closet and see 10 coats it's me, okay? And I just want to confirm one more time, and Jeff, Pastor Jeff brought this last week. There's nothing wrong with having things. This is not me trying to tell you to simplify or to be a, a monk out in the desert or anything. God wants you to enjoy this life. God wants you to have things and to own stuff, but he doesn't want that stuff to own you or for you to find your trust and your meaning and your peace in more stuff that will eventually fail you. It's unreliable. So let us be a people of generosity. Let's be a people with open hands. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for this day. What a gift it is to be your church here in Southern California. When I look at the weather and I see negative temperatures all over the Midwest, I praise you, hallelujah, Jesus, for bringing us to Southern California. God, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for new friends that are joining us for the first time. I thank you for everyone that's joining us online that doesn't I can't make it in person. I thank you for the work that you're doing as we process rest. I thank you for all the gifts that you have given us that, God, we need to now see with open hands and open eyes. I ask that you would work on us, God, and help us see that there is so much that we hold on to that we cannot bring with us. So let this question just penetrate our hearts and minds today, God. What what will we do with what we can't take with? Will we hold on too tight, wasting our life with stress? Or will we finally find the peace we've always looked for by walking in this life of generosity? Let us be a generous people, God. Lay that on our heart today. You are a generous God, and you are leading us into this life. So open our eyes to your presence today. Open our eyes to your goodness. Help us see that you will always give us what we need. And it's safe for us, it's safe for us to let it go. So Jesus, we love you, we thank you, and it is in your name that we pray. And this church says, amen, amen. So awesome being with you today.